This week on The Uncommon Truth, Steve and Vicki are on vacation, so we're taking the show on the road. They're zooming in from Spokane, Washington, and we're taking a look at another of Jesus' parables about the kingdom. In the parable of the two sons, Jesus confronts the religious leaders of his day with a question. Is it enough to just know the will of God, or is something else required? Stay tuned to find out. We are all given the same opportunity, the same verses in the Bible, the same revelation. We all have the opportunity to feel him, to know that he doesn't reject us, to know that he is. I mean, I believe you can know, everyone can know that they are forgiven of their sins. And so everyone has that opportunity, but what do you do with it? Do you then go and do the will of your father or you just go and try to add your forgiveness and your knowledge that he's real to your life to bless it? Or do you then add your life to it to bless him? You're listening to The Uncommon Truth, a podcast about Christianity the way Jesus meant it to be. The Uncommon Truth is a podcast produced by the Father's House Church of Orville, California, and is available wherever podcasts can be found. If you missed an episode or want to share the show with a friend, visit uncommonpodcast.com. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please take a second to leave us a review. That helps us climb the charts so more people can find out about Christianity the way Jesus meant it to be. If you want to give us your feedback, you can email the show at uncommontruthpodcast at gmail.com and we'll try to feature your questions and comments in an upcoming episode. Finally, if you're looking to learn more about the Father's House Church, School of Transformation, or Life Recovery Ministries, visit fathershouseoroville.com. And now let's get into The Uncommon Truth. So welcome to The Uncommon Truth. My name is Max. I'm joined via Zoom by Steve and Vicki Orsillo, Senior Pastors of the Father's House Church. And where are you guys at right now? We're in Spokane, Washington. It's okay. where we, um, we got, I lived there for many years and then Steve came up and we got married there. Had two of our four children here in Spokane, Washington. Moved away in 1985 to, or, to Sacramento. And we're retracing our marriage and honeymoon path, road. Nice. And yeah. uh, and you guys are visiting our friend friend of the show, Joe Whitwer, up at Life Center Church in Spokane? Yes, we went out with dinner, dinner with Joe the first night and went to their, their church staff meeting yesterday to observe. Met a lot of good people. Saw a young man that came to the father's house on an outreach, uh, Josh. 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 And reconnected with him. Cool. Shout out to Josh. Hope you're Shout listening. out to Josh. We and do Joe. have a bunch of listeners up in the Washington, Spokane area. So if you're listening, go find Steve and Vicky and say hi. Yeah. And you, we sent you those pictures, didn't we? Yeah, we, we got pictures. believe us. If you if you remember when Joe was on the podcast, uh, I think that was episode two of season three, um, when when Joe was talking about love does, uh, Vicky, we asked Vicky, what do we do if we like if we visit Spokane and uh, what what should we do? And Joe and Vicky had different answers. Vicky's answer was go to go to a hamburger place called Dicks on Third, <laughs> and we thought she was messing with us, but she sent us proof in picture form. That's was right. it good? Was it as good as you remembered? All right. Well, we didn't eat there because we're on a carb diet. <laughs> oh. We just got photographed. We just photographed it to uh, <laughs> prove to you guys that Dick's on third was Richard's on third is what locals might call it. 
And I hear it was, we did that last night before we left because we knew we had to do it before we left Spokane this morning. Okay. And when, where are you guys headed next? Glacier Glacier National Park in Montana. Oh, nice. We'll be there in four hours. All right. I've never been. Take some good photos. We'll, uh, we'll share them out. We'll tag, tag the show. So, um, I don't want to take all your vacation with the podcast, but I did want to make sure we got something for our, our faithful listeners here in season three. We're talking about the kingdom of heaven is like, and so I got another one for you. This is really great because they just turn on zoom and I throw a, a parable at them and I get to see what comes out of Steve's brain and, and Vicky's. So, uh, we're going to jump into Matthew chapter 21, and there's about five verses there. Do you want to read them, Steve, or should I? You go ahead. Okay. So this is uh, one of the parables. We've been going through the parables of, of Jesus where he says the kingdom of heaven is like, and, and this one he says towards the end, it's about the kingdom of heaven. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and read it. If you are following along, Matthew 21, verse 28 through 32, this is Jesus speaking. But what do you think? A man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in the vineyard. But he replied, I do not want to. Yet afterwards he regretted it and went. And the man came to his second son and said the same thing. And he replied, I will, sir. And yet he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said, The first. Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, that the tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of heaven before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes did believe him. And you, seeing this, did not even have second thoughts afterwards so as to believe him. So who's that conversation with? Well, he's talking to Pharisees. He's talking to the scribes, the Pharisees, the lawmakers. And... um, they had just asked him, what authority do you do these things? All the things he's doing, kicking out demons, overturning. This was overturning tables, cleansing the temple, that kind of thing. What authority do you do these things? And he, then he goes into this story. Uh, I won't tell you by what authority I do my thing, right? So I think I, I don't remember if it was uh, the question was, um, did John come from God or was John from man? Hmm. They said, we didn't want to answer. He says, well, I'm not going to answer you either. Then he tells the story. So he goes ahead and tells the story saying that they, though they were born into it, raised into it, religious to the point of uh, um, obeying the iota of the law, they never went and did the will of their father, which was to love one another, to love Hmm. their neighbor, to be kind to each other, to be loving, to believe what God says to them, they made God in their own image. And I think Jesus called it uh, teaching the precepts of men as the doctrines of God. And then they, and then they pull their own authority into it and their own, their own decisions about what it means. And they declare what the truth is instead of listening to God. And that's really what he's talking about. So you come to the prostitutes and sinners who go the wrong way. And then, but before they die, they go the right way and they begin to listen to God. They listen, follow Jesus let John lead them to Jesus. And so then they will be justified because even though they were prostitutes and sinners, they are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they follow him around because John told them who he is and they believe what he says because they believe it's God blessing them. They believe they are forgiven. 
And the Pharisees tend to stand on a corner and say that they're, they don't, they are great. You know, thank you, God, for making me a righteous man. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, oh, Lord, I fall short of your glory. Save me. Whereas the prostitute comes and says, have mercy on me, son of David. The demon-possessed man says, oh, save me. The, the leper cries out, you know, for God. And the, and the Pharisee and the, and the Sadducee, the, the, the Sanhedrin, they say, you know, thank you, God, that I'm not one of these wretched dogs. Hmm. And so that's what he's saying. They're all born with the same promise. We are all given the same opportunity, the same verses in the Bible, the same revelation. We all have the opportunity to feel him to know that he doesn't reject us, to know that he is. I mean, I believe you can know, everyone can know that they are forgiven of their sins. And so everyone has that opportunity, but what do you do with it? Do you then go and do the will of your father or you just go and try to add your forgiveness and your knowledge that he's real to your life to bless it? Or do you then add your life to it to bless him? Mm -hmm. So I think that's what he's talking about there. And he's talking to the religious people. And I say all the time, and I'm pretty sure I've said it quite a few times on a podcast, that religion, curing someone of their religion is far more difficult than curing them from a drug addiction, sex addiction, or any kind of self-shame or hate. Way easier to cure that in somebody than it is to cure religious background because they have made a decision that they know, and nobody can tell them different. And no matter what you say, they can't, they cannot hear the voice of God. Mm. And, and it's really hard to get them there. Not impossible, of course, because even Nicodemus and a few of the other, Joseph of Arimathea, a rich man, you know, and, the, and, and many others came to the Lord uh, after a lifetime of not really being right with him, but thinking they were, but not really being what he wanted them to be. They became that. And uh, Matthew, the tax collector, so many different people were born again. Paul came from a wealthy family, bought, had Roman citizenship bought for him. You know, and so many have crossed over. But what he's saying is you who are bound in religion, who have created your own God for your own self and your own righteousness and your own decision about right and wrong and not, have not listened to him about what's right and wrong and not listened to him about way, the way we should go. But you've made the Bible back you up instead of you making your life fit into it and that's what he's talking about there's just two people he's talking about one son religious make it fit them the other son goes and does the will of the father after saying i don't really want to he's the one that makes the will of the father his goal in life and puts his life into the will of the father the other one tries to fake his way through and never really puts himself in the will of the father Wow, that's a that's great. It's the first time I've really heard it like that. In uh, that it was the religious and the non-religious, and I just again through the parables, I'm just struck at the two paths and how strongly adamant he is towards religious, you know, and um, and how much he, he just it's kind of come as you are. I mean, it's a come as you are party, and I just that's amazing because I'm thinking about my son, um, my youngest son. He he was he, he's a delightful young man. But he would, he, he's actually, he actually was always doing that to me. I'd say, go, go do this. He goes, okay, okay. And he never would do it. I get so frustrated. And that, you know, and the other ones, you know, would say no. And I, well, at least I know it's not going to get done. I can, I can 
finish it up. But every time I read this parable, I think of my son, Anthony, because he, he just, he, he majored in this when he was a child. He didn't, yeah. he, he really did. It was yeah. so maddening. It was like, I uh, remember one time he said he washed his clothes and, and I went to his laundry basket and I took out a uh, wool sweater on a hanger that he put into the, into the laundry. And I said, really, seriously, you wash this and it was still on a hanger. He just cleaned his, he just put his, cleaned his room that way by putting it all in the uh, hamper. But he would, that, this just reminds me of that. And it was, for me, it was maddening. I can only imagine what Jesus <laughs> went through with the religious leaders, right. uh, just the religion and how it bound him. And he didn't stop there with slamming them. The next parable, he goes, let me tell you another parable. He tells them a parable of the vineyard owner who's, who goes away and sends servants to check on it. And they beat them and they Son. knock them around. And finally he says, wow, what are they treating my servants like this for? And he sends his son and they kill him. And he's really prophesying in the next parable that they will not, they will not become the sons who do the will of their father. He's telling that these religious leaders will not become right with God. And you better separate yourself from their way of living. You better be the one that is found doing the will of your father and not be the one beating the servants and beating up on the servants and killing the son. And Paul, of course, spells it out so well when he writes about what will you do with this lifestyle you've chosen after receiving Jesus being forgiven of your sins, what will you do with this lifestyle? Will you try to nail him again to the cross? Do you think there's another way to be forgiven on top of Jesus? You've got him, but you've continued to live this crappy way, not doing the will of your father. And you think that you can what? Nail him to the cross again to forgive these sins that you're doing now willfully? And, and he goes on to explain that this isn't even possible. And it all comes back. Paul wasn't there to hear this from Jesus wow. that we know of. And he certainly wasn't a disciple. He was hearing it from the offended side, being accused, you know. And he was the one that said, I ain't doing this with Jesus. I'm not accepting this Jesus. He killed Stephen, held a coach, you know. He went out beating Christians. And then he's the son that said, wait a minute. And he turned. And he became a man that does only the will of the Father. And when his friends are telling him, don't go to Jerusalem. They're going to beat you, bind you, jail you. He said, what's wrong with you? I am willing to be beat and bound and jailed for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not going to fail to go to Jerusalem for the threat of being beat and bound and jailed. I am going to Jerusalem because I am willing to do this, hmm. or this is the will of my Father. And he's really the example of the good side of this parable. He's, the, he's like John and, and, and all the guys who left their fishing boats and left and the two that James and John who left their father, a very successful merchant. And Matthew, who left his tax tables, they're the ones who said, no, 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 man, we got to make this life work. God doesn't help us. He doesn't do anything for us. We're not necessarily going to do anything for this. And then they had their encounter. And it wasn't an encounter they had to have five, six, seven, eight times. Yeah. They had their encounter, and they were transferred, and they transformed. became born again and transformed into the image of the Son and began to do the yeah. will of the Father. Now, that's the that's the fact and and so the only argument left is what is the will of the father so um that's that this parable is about it. and the will of the father is what jesus teaches you the will of the father is yeah it's when steve's talking i'm just thinking religion kills you know religion kills the spirit kills the will of the father kills kill, literally truth. truth it kills truth and literally it killed jesus 
It was all the religious leaders that killed, and they were saying yes, yes. Um, in fact, when he went in, you know, that weekend to die, they were all like, oh, Hosanna, Hosanna, throwing, throwing their coats down and, and the, um, the, what were those, those, those palm branches. And they're just, oh, yes, yes. And then what, a day and a half later, a day later, they're saying crucify him, crucify him, because they, it wasn't what they wanted to hear. They had their own will. And the two parables is really, that's the one that, the one that you're talking about, not the two parables, the two choices. It is, it's, it's religion and doing the will of the father. And I'm so glad that he takes the non-religious like me, you know, that was just poor, wretched, pitiful and blind and just gave his salvation to me. So all I want to do my whole life is do the will of the father. And I want to say yes, yes, not no, no. I want to do both. Yes, yes. And then do it. Right. Yep. It seems like it comes down to these these sons, um, and I can see I can see bits of myself in in both, right? Yeah. But it seems like it comes down to what your aim is. Um, I remember Jordy teaching about Paul. Um, you know, like it it wasn't as if he had this really like this huge change of heart of you know one time he's going after God and or he's he's persecuting God's people and then he decides to join God's people it, he actually thought he was doing the will of God the whole time and that's the the danger of religion right you you convince yourself that you're doing the will of the father um when in in reality you've actually said no to him and uh that's why it's so hard to get get folks you know, to see, because it's, it's not as easy to see as, as the prostitutes and the tax collectors, right? That's good. Um, exactly. you're, just, you're, you know, like, oh, yeah, I'm great, brother. Good. I'm doing amazing. And, um, and then in reality, you, you have this really deep need for a real, yeah. like relationship encounter with Jesus. And so when Paul had that, it was like, it was, you know, that's, it's pretty clear he was blind and now he could see right he could see yeah. though he i think he wanted to do the will of the father and now he actually was, he was able to do yeah. the, the will of the father so yes yeah, so really the words you know um being able to speak a language that the people the religious people around you expect you to speak if you know and so when you're able to speak the christianese language you know you you hide and you cover your heart, which is callous and un, you, you never get really seen. You never get really revealed your fear of exposure, you know, and the will of the father is that you'd be totally, we've been talking about dependent, like talking about exposed. You look in the, you, you look in the, we were just downstairs and a, a lady and her daughter walked by. Nobody had to have a discussion, which one's the mother. It was a little two-year-old, three-year-old, you know, it's like that innocence and that bright light and that, just shiny face, you know. No one had to say, hell, is that the mother? No. The mother had a serious look, a purpose. And and in, in Christianity, it's very much like that parable of a mother and her daughter. No one has to ask the small uh, who's the mother and who's the daughter of a small child. It's uh it's obvious. And we have learned to speak a language. So if a child two years old was speaking an adult language, we'd get confused and wonder if it wasn't Benjamin Button, you know. And um we wonder. Why does this child speak like this? But in Christianity, what we do with the kind of speech, we, it masks our religious countenance. It, it masks us. And then we may very well be the, the servant that said, yeah, 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 and never did it. 
but we're completely blind to it. And when someone comes along and points it out, we can't hear it because that's not the language we've been learned to been taught to speak. Mm. That's not the words we've been taught to use. And it's amen, brother, but blood bought child to God. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. And we, and then, and then on the other side, it's the intellectual education that, Hey, you're arguing with me and I have a master's in divinity. Mm. Well, I have a master's in doing the will of the father. I'm not sure I've ever seen that in there to go get a master's of divinity as the will of the father. It's certainly okay. Nobody's down on that. It's just that that does that the language of that does not define which one of these sons you are Mm. getting a master's of divinity is not the will of the father that Jesus revealed. And and we should probably talk some about what the will of the father that Jesus revealed is. Yeah, go for it. I mean, the, uh, the kingdom we're talking about the kingdom uh, and we've, this whole season we've been talking about. So there's the kingdom, the king that lives inside you. If you've accepted him, there's the, uh, the kingdom being built around us on earth as we're, as we're the body of the church building right. it up. And then there's the kingdom that's coming. That's just around the corner. That's, that's coming one day to make all things new. So um, how does, how does the will of the father, what is the will of the father for each of those areas? Well, I don't think I don't think the will of the Father differs in areas. I think the will of the Father is always the same. That we obey Jesus Christ who says, Love one another as I have loved you. How do you know if you're doing that? Well, are you turning the other cheek and going the extra mile? Are you are you loving the unlovable and lending and giving to any man that asks of you? Are you coming in low and slow instead of high and lofty? Are you are you um, laying down your life for your brother and loving? In that way, are you the good Samaritan to your neighbor or, or to strangers? The, the good Samaritan stories of, of, of a foreigner and a stranger. Are, are you are you more interested in your masters of divinity or your position in your church or the fact that men call you pastor or or leader, elder, minister, than you are about whether or not you, you stop for the one, uh, you lay down your life for the, the other, that you care about the feelings of the lost? Is your burden for the lost? Are you preaching the kingdom? Because Jesus said, this is the purpose. This is my purpose why I came, to preach the kingdom. And so if you're doing the will of the Father, which he said, I only do the will of the Father, Hmm. then his purpose is to preach the kingdom, then are you preaching the kingdom in one way or the other? And maybe you're not a wordsmith, but, but preaching the kingdom comes in so many different forms. And so the will of the Father is not, yeah, digging holes and planting vines and pruning, pruning uh, vine branches. It's not harvesting grapes and making wine. It's not building houses. It's not being a lawyer, a teacher, or anything else. It's not getting an education or not getting an education. It's not being rich or poor, married or single. It is being a person who hears the words of Jesus Christ and acts upon them, keeps their eye on the prize, the upward call of God and Jesus Christ. The one, the the prize at the end of the race. Are you looking for the Father to return? Or Jesus said that uh, another parable of two, two servants where he said one was ready and one wasn't for the master to return. One was working every day and the other guy saying, no, he, he can't get back this quick. And he came back unexpected. And he said, and again, it was punishment and reward. The one who was ready, who was who, who had everything, all his ducks in a row and was going for what the, what the landowners asked him to do when he left. 
He's the one that's justified. And Jesus asked the question, which one will be justified? The one doing the will of his Father. And the will of the Father is loving one another, laying your life down, submitting yourself and conforming into the image of the Son, that you would be in his likeness. He said, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. Our, uh, this is the will of the Father. This, there is no other definitions of will of the Father in mankind's system of, of rule. Whether you're in a communist country and you're in prison for unfairly or you're the jailer of the one prisoned unfairly, you, you have the same offer in front of you. Come and serve your Father, be forgiven, judge not, um, forgive as you want to be forgiven. Love as, you love as you've been loved, not as you want to be loved. Uh, just all of those things um, are the will of the Father. And they all come calm down to one thing, loving the Lord your God with all you have, seeking first the kingdom of heaven, knocking, asking, and, and, and seeking. Mm. And all of these things, are the will of the Father that He is asking you to do, and you say yes or you say no, but you're still alive. You can you can change your mind. Some most people have said yes and think they're doing it, yeah. mm -hmm. but they don't define the will of the Father the way I just did. They don't find it that define it that way at all. They'll use Proverbs to say that the will of the Father is for them to put away a stake for their children and grandchildren to save up for tomorrow, to make sure that we're comfortable, taken care of, instead of trusting the Father. And so the, there's a lot of different definitions of what the will of the Father is. And I, if, you're, if you've made one up, or you've bought into one that's been made up for you, then you'll be the guy that's found not doing the will of the Father when the Father returns. And when the landowner comes back, you'll be the one that did not do the will of your Father. It won't matter what words you know, what language you can speak. It isn't done by language. It's done by laying your life down. Like Jesus laid his life down for us, we are, we are to lay our life down. And we are to serve. Be great in the kingdom of heaven. Learn to be the servant of all. It mm -hmm. goes on and on and on. And you know, this was one answer that I could literally speak the rest of the day on. I haven't even come close to scratching the surface. This is just the obvious so for, for me, I was thinking when he was talking is that um, I think the confusion starts, I think a lot, most people start and they're very innocent. They really want to do the will of the Father. They love Jesus, you know, but I think they get confused along the way. I think it's, it is marrying the two covenants and trying to live both covenants. Hmm. And I think they make a religion in their own uh, definition because it's so confusing when you, when you marry the law, the Old Testament with the the, the grace and forgiveness of the new. I, I think those people get very confused and they don't, they're kind of almost um, handicapped to move either way because it becomes more religion in my, in my opinion throughout my 14 years of just noticing people. You know, we've known so many people who are on fire for Jesus. They met Jesus. They want to do the will of the father. And then slowly they just get the cures of the world. They start reading the old Testament. And like you said, a quote in a proverb a day, which is wonderful, but if you want to live uh, under the law, Jesus kind of comes to fulfill it, and it's, it's quite different. Proverbs and Jesus are quite different. 
And um, you know what's been exciting about being in Spokane is seeing some people that we led to the Lord, my, my cousin who we led to the Lord 42 years ago, still madly in love with Jesus. Wow. You know, madly in love with Jesus, you know. It, it makes, it just makes you happy because he's still trying to do the will of the father. Right. He said yes. And he stayed still saying yes. And he knows a lot of the other people. So we didn't get to see them, but he can tell us, yeah, they're doing good. They're doing this or yeah. that. And he's just, he's just one of our favorite cousins. And we, uh, not to put it, not that we, we have, we love all our cousins. <laughs> all you out Vince. there, all the cousins. Yeah. But we do have one favorite. Vince, and that's, that is Vince. And, yeah. uh, we I think for Lord. both of us, and that is the funny story. He's both of he's each of our first cousins. So, uh oh, oh boy, yeah, and so we love him. And uh, but it was exciting because we just we ran into him just on the side of the road. Basically, he was he was side in the house, and it was at literally a block away from our old house we were just at. But just to see his excitement and trying to what his his lament was trying to get the young people, um, even that are on staff at some churches to fall in love with Jesus and not just be anything goes universalism. Uh, and he, you know, just read Jesus for, you know, I think if you're suffering from religion, if you're out there, what I would suggest again and again and again, is just to read Jesus, uh, the gospels four times in a row, just turn off everything else and just read it. It'll break, it'll break the chain of religion. Won't it? it just, it just falls off. Yeah. It falls off. It's if you're honestly reading to let it speak you. to you and teach you what's right. It'll completely teach you what's yeah. It'll change you. Change you. One thing that stuck out from from hearing you talk about this parable is one one th- part. Uh, I guess a it might be a religious vein of thought that that I had before I got here was I was pretty sure that that if you ever if you ever had an actual heart to heart with Jesus and said I I love you I believe in you I believe that you died for me and and I want to give my life to you. That, that in my book, you were all good and uh, didn't really matter the rest of your life. What happened? You know, you're, you're all good. Your name's written down in the book and you know, you do your best the rest of your life to, to live up to that. But I mean, you're, you're all good. But what strikes me in this parable is both these sons actually, they say one thing, but they have the free will to actually live it out or not. And, um, and it's really good news for the, the one son who says, no, I'm not going to go work in the vineyard because he has the free will to change that after, after he messes up and, and, oh man, I made the wrong decision. Okay, no, I'm come I will do it. Yeah. And the other guy has the free will to, to go back on his word as well. And, right. um, you know, so, so that's, that just struck me because I think that's probably one of those religious frame of mind, frames of mind that afflicts a lot of people and when that kind of came came off me or i started reading jesus to see what he said about that it changed a lot i think steve wants to go so anyway um we both do <laughs> what, what's also fascinating is that every day we can change our minds you know every day you know we're fighting this battle i think all of us struggle with this battle to not become religious and and I, you know my my answer is gonna be a little bit shorter than steve's historically so i wanted to jump in there but um it is it's every day we you know we struggle with this max where oh you know at the father's house it's like oh you know we always have a decision to make whether to do the will of the father you know whether to go in the heat and and make a mud run you know or go to the gym and so i think it's a daily struggle for all of us go ahead so you sharing that uh you know what you thought what you believe that is a fairly universal belief. 
And just to repeat, that if you've ever had a conversation with Jesus and asked him to forgive you, and you had that encounter, you were good forever, no matter, basically, more or less, no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you believe you believe. And, you know, your name's not written in any race. And, and, the, and the thing is, a lot of times people will give an opposing view of mine. And I'll say, there is reason. There are verses that say what you just said. And I'll say that a lot. I'm going to say that often. But here's why I believe what I believe. And why I think that verse you're quoting actually means what I believe. And I'll give the reason why, you know, I'm, I'm seeking the truth. And if it says what you said, then I want to believe what you said. But on the one you just shared, there is absolutely no evidence whatsoever that that's true. There's no reason to believe that that's true or to believe it. And yet, Max, you weren't alone. There's, I mean, the vast mass majority of people who claim to be in Christendom believe what you just said, and there just is no basis for that. No way you can find it in the Bible. When you're going to heaven, if you responded to an altar call or filled out a decision card, or let them dunk you in water, there is no evidence. There's so much evidence otherwise. And so that's the very thing I'm talking about. We believe things. And we believe them from a religious teaching and indoctrination that's been laid down for us. And we look at the people we're following and say, they're so smart, they must know. But they did the same thing when they were your age, when you were young. They listened to somebody and said, well, that, you know, yeah, that must be true. Because they, they must know. And it's passed down and revised and revised to fit what we want it to be. Yeah. But reading Jesus and just Jesus just the Gospels, four times in a row, turn off all the other books, put all the other books away, stop your book clubs, stop your, your education, stop, I mean, just, when you've got a break. They don't have to stop the book. podcast, because we talk about Jesus. No, don't stop the podcast. No, because we're getting you there. <laughs> I, I don't even mind if you stop the podcast myself. Yeah, I right. might, if you're going to stop listening to anything, listen, just read those things, and read them quick, go, go and read them. And then come back to the podcast and listen to us, and we'll tell you what you'll hear from us is because we've done that, we speak what Jesus says, and we don't excuse it, never mind it, we don't brush it aside and say, I'd rather believe something else. It's the stark truth coming from the way, the truth, and the life to get us to heaven, to get us eternal life and cause us to be forgiven. The Pharisees. He's even saying stuff like, unless, I don't want them to know this stuff unless they repent and be forgiven. Yeah, because they have wasted, squandered, and squashed so many people from believing. And it's, I mean, it's like, whoa, he's serious. This is like, he does not like religious crap that kills people's faith. And I have to tell you, in all my life, the things that have killed my faith were religious teaching. When my disappointment over my friend Diane when I was young, my faith started really getting shook. It was because someone told me that he shouldn't die, that I should be able to lay hands on him, and, and, and that I get to decide these things. Yeah. I get to decide life and death. And so, I mean, I just listened to someone else, and my faith was crushed. But if I just listen to him, when someone lives, I praise him with all I have. When someone's dying, I pray to him and tell him my, my desire is let your will be done. And when, when they die, I praise him. Thank you for the time I had with them. And it's your will, not my will. I, 
I don't understand everything you understand. I don't know, like Job, I don't know where all everything's kept. I don't know where the wind comes from or the snow. I don't know what, what, who feeds the lions and the lion cubs. I mean, I don't know how all of this works together. I'm not that smart. He is. Mm. And so I have to take what Jesus is saying that it's, it's our father's will and it's our father's life and he will give us good things we ask for. And I want to keep asking, but I don't want to make it. He's real. It only if he does what I say, mm. because I might be saying something that's wrong and I might be doing, wanting something that's not going to be good for us. And so I want to follow the will of my father and be at work in the will of my father, be doing the will of my father, have my lamp full, have my ax sharpened, have my shovel ready. I want to be ready to be working in the vineyard of my father's life and my father's will on this earth. And I think that, you know, what you shared is so clearly the exact thing we're talking about. Religious indoctrination got a vast majority of people who claim to believe Jesus is the Christ to believe in something other than what Jesus said. And the will of the Father, but believe that I had an encounter. I, I, I stated a belief, so therefore I'm okay. Mm. Jesus doesn't say that anywhere. That's good. Well, uh, Vicky, Steve said he could keep talking all day, so it's up to you. I mean, we could do a 12-hour episode, or you guys could keep going on your vacation. What do you think? <laughs> we better get out of here, man. We're uh, You know, it's been fabulous, and we always love um, talking to you, and it really sharpens our faith. Um, I just think every day falling in love with Jesus more and more, you know, just what do you want to do today, Jesus? Christ in me, the hope of glory. I'm with you. I'm with you. You're not with me, but you are with me, you know, but, um, you know, and we're all, we're all on a road and we certainly haven't arrived anywhere, but today. I'm with you means I'm, your will is is my life. Every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm with you. You're, you're, you're the master. No longer my life I live, but Christ lives in me. His house, his rules. That's right. Well, thank you guys so much for taking time out of your trip to to join us. Um, For those of you listening, they insisted that we keep the podcast going. So we found a way to work over Zoom. So you guys are um, amazing. Yeah, it's so cool that you guys are, you know, you have this opportunity to speak into, I mean, we got people all over the world listening. And so... Yeah, if we if it takes hanging out in your hotel room with you guys before you get to the national parks, that's cool. So we love it. it. We love it. Yeah. We love you, you guys. guys. Drive safe. Have a great time. Say hi to our friends in Spokane. We and will. Uh, we'll catch you again next week on The Uncommon Truth. Thanks, Max. You've been listening to The Uncommon Truth. Thank you so much for making us a part of your podcast routine. We really hope you enjoyed our conversation today and would love to get your feedback. You can tell us what you think about today's show at uncommontruthpodcast at gmail.com. You can also get in touch to ask questions for Steve and Vicki or suggest a subject you'd like to hear covered. Either way, we'd love to feature your comments on an upcoming episode. If you're new to the show or just haven't done so yet, please take a moment to leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps push the show up the charts so more people can find us. If you know someone who would enjoy the types of conversations that happen on The Uncommon Truth, click share on the podcast app of your choice or send them to uncommonpodcast.com. Until next time, have a great week and keep running after Christianity the way Jesus meant it to be.